Welcome everyone. This is episode four of VR Jungle, a Havoc podcast. I have here Dan from Saberpunks, and as you all know, I am Geraltsy, the host of this and founder of Esports Havoc. Um, I hope you all enjoy this. I'm going to go ahead and let Dan go ahead and uh, take over, talk about his game, talk about himself. Yeah, so I'm, my name's Dan Little. Um, I've been a longtime developer, uh, but I've kind of recently delved into this world of, of VR uh, content creation and development. Uh, we, our company started making uh, Saberpunks, which is a VR fighting game kind of in the, the spirit and vein of like Soul Calibur, where you have weapons-driven combat uh, but really taking cues from a lot of the current VR uh, content that you see that are that's kind of rhythm driven. You have Beat Sabers, like the biggest one. Synth Riders is very similar. But um, the idea is that you're attacking, you're making the motions and attacking, and it creates projectiles for the opponent yeah. to also block and deal with. Um, you know, we wanted to really give a true fighting game style. So instead of doing the floating hands, the classic kind of VR move, mm -hmm. we wanted to have fully fleshed out characters, uh, fully IK rigged bodies, um, and, and let the users feel more kind of in tune with the characters and, and who they are. And yeah. I think fighting games truly live and die by their, uh, characters themselves. So we've been putting a lot of energy into, um creating not just like these weapons and styles um we also wanted to create backstory and a world uh that it can live awesome. in yeah i've been um kind of focused on authenticity uh i wanted the weapons to feel right mm -hmm. um so i actually took a sword fighting class i went to a hema uh we you know yes yeah. In the area, we would go and you know pick up long swords and learn how they're uh, motion, huh? used. Yeah, yeah. And so we've developed. I think what I'm really proud of in this game is an innovative combo system. Okay. Where you know fighting games, you've always got that like button combo yeah. and joystick. Uh, but what's so different about VR is. You know, in a fighting game, you press the buttons and they animate and they do prescribed things. But mm -hmm. now we have to kind of invert that concept. We have to say, like, what are the players doing and how do we translate that into a gameplay component? So we started tracking the directions that okay. they would cut with the weapons. So um, simplifying it to kind of a um, an eight-point uh diagonals yeah i think uh, i saw that in your discord actually there is a very there's math to it huh yeah it's a it's very much like a, a traditional combo input system uh that it's going to give you a little bit of leeway so there is some overlapping combos uh -huh. which is can get kind of interesting when you really yeah. dive into it but the idea is that it will also track which hand you use so if you use your kind of your offhand, right, your non-primary hand, it's going to have actually a different, um, a different behavior, okay. Because it's your left arm; it's moving from the outside in, and so that's vastly different than my right arm doing the same motion. I have to like kind of turn my arm upwards. It's it's going to be different with different weapon shapes. Oh, like really? 
claws. Okay. Uh, that that have the blades coming straight out from the fingers, and your cutting motions are now changed. Um, so each character is really meant to feel different. That's awesome. But the combos support that. The combos yeah. kind of encourage your motions to be a certain way. And we we took those lessons from sword fighting classes and built them into the sequences yeah. that you perform. Um, our kind of my favorite one is actually based off a Portuguese sword fight saber fighting manual uh, where you are actually clearing a room uh -huh. you, as an individual are up against many opponents and how do you do that so one of the things that you do mm -hmm. is a cutting sequence that involves one side of an like your kind of defensive stance yeah you're attacking here and then you move over and you cut on the other side in the same pattern so our combos are built to kind of reward those with mm -hmm. electricity and spinning attacks and and things that really would enhance your offensive capabilities right your ability to kind of dig through their defenses because when you're holding things up it's it's very much easier to like catch something and block than it is to actually create yeah. so we wanted to kind of give you a way to break through somebody who's really like you know turtling up as they you know they like to say yeah and so um when you were doing this did you ever watch like a whole bunch of kill bill you watched the <laughs> oh uh afro samurai was okay our biggest influence because we wanted that cyberpunk mm -hmm. uh, and the hip-hop okay we we went really in depth when it came to the soundtrack that's another thing i'm very excited about is we got to work with actually a fairly well-known um mc uh, -huh. uh a hip-hop artist by the name of Bo young prince who has been on um madden okay Forza, that's awesome cool his sims uh he recently was featured in enter the spider-verse okay soundtrack and the coming to america like he's been doing a lot of stuff in video games and in kind of this anime pop culture uh -huh. he was the right fit for our game and a, a friend of mine uh, knew him and and he came out to my house and played the game and he said i'm in <laughs> i get it that's this awesome is, yeah so he made five tracks that were actually like like lyrically tailored to yeah gameplay um and he got the vibe like he really if you listen to the songs you can tell that he knew kind of he was on track with what we were yeah he met your direction huh that's yeah. awesome yeah and it was a wonderful experience because that's not what i expected out of this journey when i started yeah when i when i was looking at it i was i was expecting it to be much more dry and logical driven but you know to see the artwork come together the mm -hmm. visual components and how that feeds into um sculpting right the three-dimensional manifestation of concept art yeah is something i just am at awe because i can't draw a stick figure so to see these masters work it's just <laughs> a really interesting experience yeah so the whole entire diagram that you said um that this is structured on for your combo system Whose mm -hmm. idea was that to manifest this this system? Because you, I even show in like the Discord and everything, pretty much the quadrants that you're in. Like, how mm -hmm. do you sit down there and be like, this is what's gonna work for my combo system? 
So it definitely was like working backwards. So we wanted to have a combo system and how does that come out of VR? And so uh, I hired a game designer who especially is passionate about fighting games. Mm -hmm. And he's active in, you know, Blades Blue communities and, and some of these larger sets. And he has a degree in game design. So he was able to take what i what i conceptually wanted mm -hmm. which was like i want it to be stylistic and you know flow and he's like we can structure this awesome. in a way that's repeatable and you can we we built out um 12 different combo sets and weapon shapes because yeah. it's not just the combo that drives it it's the way that you cut with mm -hmm. the blade of the weapon, the weapons have bladed edges and then they'll have dull edges. So okay. you can't cut, you can't just like switch that. It, it spam yeah, for sure. deterrent. Yeah, to try to get you to be more thinking about how this would, would be used as a slicing weapon. We, we track that. Awesome. Yeah, and it, it really feeds into, okay, this weapon is faster because it has two edges and when I cut up, I can immediately return instead of having to like turn my entire arm around yeah. to get back to the same edge. So we have a way of controlling a weapon's speed simply by the shape of it. Um, that I think really makes it feel like you're in a sword fight um, when you're paying attention to cutting angles uh, and your direction and your hand motions mm -hmm. it all very feels it just feels great and like i said i had the sword fighting class he actually my instructor brought over about a dozen weapons yeah and put them in my backyard and we <laughs> were they were, were they real or were they wooden yes they were real they were real that yeah is... he has a a a monster like i think it's a 10 foot broadsword it's unbelievable and since we have a system where we're attempting to kind of um simulate the two-handed weaponness um but not the traditional jointed way yeah. um i feel that it's it, it, there's something missing in it so what yeah. i did was i created a battery system that would charge the weapon if you kept your hands close it gave you a little more freedom of motion okay um but still kind of has that I have something heavy because I have to keep my hands together. Mm -hmm. um, so we're trying out some new things. Um, you know, we, we do want to make that fast paced feel and some of the things traditionally that people use to slow down weapons of non-existence, right, is yeah. they use a physics slow. And we found that that just didn't really jive with what we were trying to do. Instead of slowing down the weapons and forcing you to change your behavior, we actually yeah. impacted the behavior of the projectiles. The things that are thrown at the opponent can be changed in their speed and increased in damage. So you can kind of get that trade-off of fast and slow without actually influencing how a person moves their hands, because really the closer you can stay to being synchronized is yeah. so much of that feel of realism. So you're, um, I think you, you were telling me before that you're basically always on some type of, um, like either top of a roof or some type of platform where you're, you're 
holding people at two points where they have to fight each other, and if you get right. too far off of one point, you can actually fall off and die. You right? will fall off and and lose. Yes, that is true. So that gets interesting because all of our projectiles are not smart missiles. Uh, they essentially know where you are at the time that they come out, and they auto-aim to where you are, okay. but you can move out of that path. Okay. So they won't chase you down, right? So you have actually a lot of ability to move your head and mm -hmm. dodge. It's still the best strategy, just not get hit, but yeah. if you block, you you get like a, a, a special meter fill. Awesome. So it's encouraging okay. you to block it's encouraged um, you to stay in there blunt force and then trying to avoid it. So you don't you don't get any uh, meter fill for actually ducking and having it go past you. Correct. Then. Okay. So you, Correct. Okay. So there's an offset because you're you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation and potentially you could miss a block, mm -hmm. get hit. But the trade-off is that you can actually use your ultimate weapon, which gives you a temporary shield and enhanced attacks. So your basic attack becomes some kind of character defining special attack like with um it's like an, it's called like basically what games call like an ultimate you know like something yeah. like that and, and formality um, yeah so with this so every character is probably going to have their own structured um ultimate power that they're going to throw at you now can mm -hmm. that be blocked or is that kind of just like oh you might as well just try and find a way to duck out of this because it's going to be a very strong hit Right, and the idea was that we wanted it to be a temporary burst of, you know, something yeah. an improved offense, uh -huh. right? Uh, but that can actually be interesting. So we have one type of attack that's a stun, mm -hmm. where it's kind of lightning charged, and if you get hit by it, your weapons stop working. You can't attack for a short amount of time. So in a way, it's a defensive maneuver, because I can't attack you i haven't taken any additional damage but being out of the game for a few seconds yeah is enough to be a significant i mean anyone who's played a fighting game gets the concept but we also added things um that are a little bit new in concept because we have a directional blocking system the way the slashes are shaped if it lines up with your sword it's not gonna block Okay. Just like if I were to have a sword and you were to chop straight down at me, mm -hmm. I can't block it like this. I got to catch it at an angle. So we designed our slashes and systems to work angled. And if it's coming in, you have to block it and catch it. So now we have spinning attacks okay. that are a bit harder to line up because you see it's coming in. And so you're it's, not just, you quite got, it's kind of a luck of a draw. Like you got to make sure in you a way, it. Yeah. And a skill set, too. Yeah. You learn how they turn, mm -hmm. and you kind of learn how to, to catch it so that it doesn't come and line up when it when it lands. Uh, so spinning attacks are one way. We have a strong attack, which is essentially required to use both weapons to block okay. when it hits, um, as long as neither of them are parallel, right? So if I'm blocking with my X... And one of them lines up to the strong, that's not going to work. So you have to still, like, double catch that yeah. in a way. So you're saying it has to be at an angle slash. You can't be exactly straight on it. It just has to be something that's coming, that's creating, like, an X or something mm -hmm. like that, right? To kind of that's right. neutralize yeah, it. Yeah, okay. because conceptually, our mission statement has been melee at range. We want to put distance between two melee fighters and, and kind of use these projectiles as 
the the blocks uh, yeah. is what we've been calling them because uh, it's something that you have to block mm-hmm. and it's much like p- uh, putting two beat saber players pointed at each other yeah. and have them create the notes mm-hmm. that travel um, which is why I, I don't like to use the term rhythm game when describing this because okay. it does imply too much that the, the music is in control. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite. We, we built our music to react to the events in the game. So we are okay. building in some rhythm components, okay. but it's more of just getting that atmosphere, the energy levels right, depending on what's happening. So um, with this, then, is is it PvP? PvP and PV, um, PvE? At launch, we intend to have a bot. Currently, it's PvP in its in its form uh, right now on our kind of pre-alpha. But when at launch, we intend to have a single-player bot arcade, mm-hmm. uh, and PvP is really the focus. But from our initial research, we found that most uh, people who enjoy fighting games don't tend to click the online button right away. Okay, they want to know the they characters, want... leads to the yes. back history. And that's where your PVC is going to be coming in, is that um, they get to actually learn something. Because I know the biggest thing that I play, you know, for my competitive uh, team and stuff, we're not going to just pick out some random team without studying them. You know, we're not going to just go into this battle and then make fools look at, out of each other. Yes. And so I can definitely see that. Um, so... Obviously, with the PVC component of this, that's where you're probably going to be thrown in more of that rhythm structure. And is every um, computer um, NPC that you're playing at that time, are they predestined to do the same thing every time? So I am more of a believer of the the, the probability and and um, applying weights to chance so that you can have a difficulty level. Mm-hmm. So um, having a optimal decision always available to the AI and then a percentage of whether or not it will choose to do the optimal decision. That's kind of the route that we're looking at right now. But I do have something uh, that I am playing around with where I would like to do some more neural net generated AI, mm-hmm. something that's more watching how people okay. play and yeah. learning from that. Because I have a bit of background in um, kind of the machine learning scope. Uh, so that's just kind of something that I, I've put on the back burner. But I'd love to see something uh, in VR that could kind of mimic our behaviors uh, when wearing a headset and having two hands, that should boil the problem down a little bit. And since we're all, you know, in this game, there's no locomotion. It's mm-hmm. mainly just driving. How am I stopping what's coming at me? Okay. Um, I, I think that it would translate into something a bit more of an automated AI structure. And is that, so is it different for every character that you pick? Say if you pick like a katana player compared to like uh, like a claw character. Is every do you take them on a story with them as they learn the character, or so that's probably not going to be our first release state. Mm-hmm. I really do want to tell the backstory, yeah, but I love that's backstory be, playing. And we have it. That's mm-hmm. the best part is we have two writers on staff. One actually works for uh, for Square Onyx as well, so we have a good writing staff. And we have some backstory that I really would like to share. It's more like how do we frame it um, so there's enough robust content for each character. Yeah. It's going to be I – I want to get the gameplay to feel right first. Mm-hmm. 
to have that bot that is um you know that middle line Mm -hmm. where it's it's challenging but not overwhelming okay and that's once i get there then you know we can start playing around with how do we frame this experience with backstory how do we transition through um different character pairings Mm -hmm. you know how do these characters interact with each other um you know there's so many games that do this so very well um so we're going to be doing a lot of research on that but we don't want to lose track of that single player kind of behavioral component Mm -hmm. So we're going to start there and definitely move into expanding and, and bringing people into the storyline. I could definitely see that what you're saying now that you want people that kind of have that wondering uh, continuous like I like this character and I want more. And then you don't mm-hmm. want to release, you know, everything you have in this bucket right away because then you're like, right. OK, you really like this character. Well, how about you go on an adventure with her now and you really see why she's even involved with this or why he's involved with it and stuff like that. And you really mm-hmm. get this intimate relationship with a person that is like, oh, I'm the, the best katana player in this game, but, you know, yeah. this is my backstory, you know? Right. And so with me saying that, um, like, what do you see um, in your game for a competitive field? Like, um, do you plan on taking it to like a competitive type stage like esports or VR sports, however they want to say it anymore, like? Do you plan on ever going that direction? I would love to support a competitive community. I'm really building in a lot of things like rankings, and we're trying to awesome. get that, you know, um, leaderboard. Uh, I have experience with cloud computing, so I'm setting up our background infrastructure. We've got, um, you know, individual match tracking, uh, which combos were used inside of each match, and we awesome. really want to. Um, to get into a competitive space like that, you have to pay attention to your balance. And mm-hmm. the balance is what we want to do um, when we do an early access release is let the floodgates open because I will never assume to, to know all the potential exploits. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that us having a robust early access launch yeah. will help us get to a state where a competitive um, esports is is more feasible. Um, definitely a goal, though. I yeah, think this for sure. is awesome. We're bringing we're bringing competition to the table. It's like that's what this is. It's a fighting game. We mm-hmm. want people to feel competitive. So anything that we can do to foster that, we'll pursue. Yeah, that yeah, I really like that. Um, I think anything like that's a fighting combat where you bring in player versus player. Um, if you can build those early in like ranking systems, I mean, that's all yeah. really people care about anymore right. is like the show, like it's kind of like a showboating thing, especially how big discord's getting lately yeah. is that you build these communities and then, you know, as the communities get bigger, they strive in, they leak into other VR communities yeah. and which brings people in. And then when they're like, what's this game about where it's like, look at the gameplay and like, look at this awesome scoreboard where you can eventually just be shown up there with the top players. Yes and yeah. that's why or i even really top like inside of my this yes is my exactly main, right like, yeah having individualized leaderboards inside of that um you know i think would be something that would make people feel like you know oh my main may not be the the meta breaking best character but exactly. i'm the best mm-hmm. of this main character yeah, exactly out there i think would would definitely vibe with a lot of people um especially at that like intimate relationship with your main 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also have this. Um, I have a plan to launch with a tournament mode where it is a one v one format, but you can do a round robin pairing and have like a private tournament and just awesome. say like, oh, this is me and my my six streamer pals, and we're gonna really show it who is boss today right and have like a round robin matchup and let people uh spectate mm -hmm. fights because it's a very uh physically strenuous activity to to oh it sounds like it. it sounds like it. i sound it almost um, sounds like a game that i'm going to be drenched in sweat in when i get a yeah. play like a lot of hand movement. a lot of energy a lot of energy and so i want to give people a way to have a break in mm -hmm. between um other than just say stop matchmaking like i want to see people enjoy watching other people play and maybe learn some tricks just from seeing uh you know two other people do it a different way yeah um so we're really trying to encourage that kind of like uh you know watchability and especially for streamers we've got a focus on uh the live software integration mm -hmm. so okay. that you can green screen in or okay. avatar in uh your own body and we can disable the, the character player model so that it's not over rendering not double rendering i think um pop one had a big issue with that really because they had a character model and it would interfere with anyone attempting to stream with a green screen or as their favorite avatar because mm -hmm. uh, you'd get the double overlay of the character model from the game. Yeah, and I've only seen one person in Population 1 that would actually use a full-body avatar. Other than that, the only thing you ever see with that is if someone puts on one of the heptic suits, um, they like to pretty much – they have a, a side thing that's green screen that shows you where the heptic suit's working on the actual physical body yeah. and stuff. And we definitely intend we will launch with the haptic support. Oh, really? Awesome. Uh, because the way the game works, knowing when you are impacted mm. is so crucial to learning whether or not you're blocking correctly. Okay. Kind of yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Failure system that you you I think the B haptic suit would really make you mm -hmm. feel like you know okay these things have yeah, weight for sure and are coming at me. So if so. You said that for the haptic suit would really work. So if you don't, you know, have that, do you have some type of indication left, right, like you've been hit here, like something flashes certain directions yeah. of your eyes to show you that you've been hit? Yeah, we're doing as much as we can auditory um, to have that kind of a, you know, the, the pain flash screen, but not too much. You know, it's mm -hmm. a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely what we did is we have haptics on successful block. So that's kind of like, oh, I felt it hit my sword, mm -hmm. or I didn't, and it came through. Now I can put the haptics here, but a player with just the hands would still know that they did not block yeah. because they did not feel it connect. So how's the health bar looking on it? Is like a generic, like, you got 100% health, and it decreases almost like how like like a Tekken game would work or yeah. anything like that. So how do so you know we, when you're about to We like, had it huge debates over how the health bar should appear and mm -hmm. we still kind of do but um we have gone with a bit more of the rpg nameplate okay. style where it's floating directly above mm -hmm. that character so i'm in the fight i can look over and see it i know where it is and mine is actually offset a little forward so i can just look so you can, up and so you can see actually see yours then too my health here mm -hmm. the he the face mounted ones just didn't feel very good 
Um, and we are going to have a spectator camera. So if you are not a live green screen streamer, but you'd like to stream the game, we have a perspective spectator camera for streamers who are simply playing and want don't want to show the in-camera mm-hmm. visor camera. Um, but that's only for PC VR, though, right? Like, an Oculus would, yeah. wouldn't be able to do that, though. Not the Quest. Um, but we are looking at Quest support. I don't know if we're going to be able to get that in our initial release. Yeah. But I know that it's such a big community, and we think that having no cords to wrap yourself up mm-hmm. is going to really be an advantage. For so sure. we would like to, to get onto quest as soon as possible but you know how it is these days mm-hmm. with side quest and kind of having to do that whole marketing and get it out and then maybe you get onto the quest store you know it's a new kind of way of vetting yeah uh, games and i really but wish I... that side quest um i really like side quest just because you get to try out games that haven't really been uh mainstream to the oculus store because um like a lot of people that are uh younger generations that aren't just reading articles or watching things like this they really don't know that there's a whole entire another world of stuff that you can download especially with air link being yeah. a thing or just taking your usb-c cord and plugging into a computer and downloading SideQuest or um, steam mm-hmm. or anything like that for pc vr and there's some really great games out there like like mm-hmm. your game that's going to be coming out like i know it's in alpha stage right and that's what you're going to be pushing mm-hmm. it out as that um but seeing those like there's like a day that I know that eventually I'm going to do like a Wednesday uh, random game stream and just like download side quest games and just play them. You know, yeah. that sounds so much fun just to get yeah. the word out and then maybe write an article about it. Just get the, the name out like it should yeah. be bigger. But my, the one downfall is that when you download games like that on side quest, um, they are on your Oculus. You do not have to stream it through your PC to have your PC if you don't have a strong enough computer. It doesn't have to handle the weight. It's still right. there. It's still a downloadable thing. But you don't. You have to update it yourself when they have new updates. You got to watch out for that. And it doesn't show it as uh, a noticeable um, uh, game. You have to go into like your you random. Dig. Yeah, you have to dig. Yeah, you gotta dig. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah, yeah. I just think that if you are not technically um, kind of savvy, which a lot of people aren't. You know, a lot of people just. They browse yeah. the internet and they get on TikTok. That's all they do, yeah. and then this you guys, yeah, because it's easy. But yeah, you just got to hit that down button right there, and it's right there, and the game is works great. Like I didn't yeah. know this at all until I met Ben from um, like Vertical Shift, and he's the one that really introduced me to SideQuest. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. I'm like, this is yeah. awesome. So, but I would also mention, you know, it's interesting that we, you know, PC VR has a lot of content on steam yeah. that has a lot of difficulty getting out mm-hmm. like i don't know um that steam is attempting to make it hard it just is really hard to see quality pc vr games um and i really would like that not to be i'd like to like i wish it knew that i had vr and put that crap on the front like i want to see exactly other vr games Mm -hmm. and what is good and fresh and new exactly um and i feel like oculus their store 
their front page hasn't changed in a decade, like however you know long it's been. Yeah. It seems like they've been showing the same four games when you launch up Oculus. Yeah, and it really stinks because started. Lars Knotts, um, they just had a discount, um, which I know from their $30 um, initial price that was there was kind of unappealing to a lot of uh, people, especially kids that are above the 13 age range, you know, mm. their mom's not going to fork up 30 bucks to play some VR game. Well, you know, it right. went 20% off and it was never featured on the mainline st um, stream store. It was just, I think it, it was like, I think it was like some zombie land game right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And I'd love to see more of that type of promotions, making it up to at least the people with VR. Mm -hmm. Like, it just would be nice to see Steam and even Oculus just really kind of cycle their content more yeah. and bring more of those side quest games onto. Yeah, and so platform. why don't they? I, it, is there not a thing coming out within the next month that they are going to have some type of better connector with side quest? For, for I've heard, I, I feel like I've heard rem remnants of this. I couldn't comment yeah. on it. Yeah, I, I think I just heard it in the crosswind. I'll have to ask someone. Mm -hmm that is in there but i'll definitely get back to you because i feel like i've heard something about this that it's going to be easier for getting updates and it's going to pushed out and if you you have to first do the initial download from there but then mm -hmm. it's a better connection especially if you ha if you're using the experimental air link thing right yeah. um so you can go ahead like when you made your game and stuff you can push it straight to steam you don't have to use some other um side thing for uh, pc vr we haven't yet pushed to Steam, okay. but as I understand it, uh, it uses the same channels. I haven't seen anything that requires me to install because a lot of the Steam VR stuff is inside of Unity packages mm -hmm. that is already on the other side of the build. Uh, by the time I push it, you know, get to the Steam Works upload. Mm -hmm. So how are you right now, like, uh, <laughs> building uh, kind of like a, a fan base right now with uh, about to go to Alpha? Um, like, how are you getting the word out? Because I know that your Discord, yeah. you know, it has, uh, you know, a good number of people in it that are eagerly mm -hmm. waiting for the game. So how do you even get that? How can more people find you? You know, how are you pushing out that? Right. So I've been doing a lot of campaigning on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Um, but my early campaigning was very much focused at finding people interested in helping to develop the game further. And I found this community of streamers uh, called Fever. Um, Freak VR is in that community. Okay. Um, there's several other prominent streamers, mm -hmm. uh, Gordy Kegs and a few others that are all part of this community. And I've been kind of be building more of a relationship with who I think will help me the most to get the word out, which is the streamers. Yeah. Someone who can put themselves inside the game with yeah. the green screen and truly make it fly. Um, I need those people first. Yeah. Because each one of them is worth dozens of eyes, mm -hmm. right? And potentially hundreds of eyes on the product. And, and so if I can make them happy and then they get other streamers to do the same it's it's kind of a a newer marketing strategy it's not what i'm familiar with yeah but it's definitely more fun i i bet so <laughs> like because you get to see people play it firsthand and um but do you think there's any risk factor um allowing people to be like hey you're a streamer i want you to play my game obviously you're going to be playing 
a very base alpha stage and you're pushing it to the masses that watch you um is there any like risk of it like something happening in the game that would find someone it unpleasurable for somebody or get the wrong right. outlook because it's out at alpha stage or do you kind of make sure that before they play this they kind of have like some type of warning like hey this is pre-base build don't this is going to only get better from here type thing yeah i have everyone kind of mentioned it then it is a game in progress mm -hmm. at least in its current state um but what i've been trying to do is iterate outside of the streaming visibility right mm -hmm. just just work with the people who plan to play so that we know everything is is working clean and also having the knowledge that it never goes perfectly yeah. and not stressing about that mm -hmm. and and trying to have fun with it um but polish right yeah, and, for and sure. i think we just got a second round of funding um so this is all kind of stuff that that we have been able to accrue on our own um so I'm really I'm hoping that we're actually able to get this to launch without a Kickstarter, which would um, that would just be the way I'd like to do it. Yeah. Is, is be able to take my time and not get too distracted advertising for mm -hmm. a Kickstarter yeah. to advertise for the game. You know, it's it, it's a little cleaner this way. No, no, no shade on anyone who's doing their own. Kickstarter. Yo, yeah, definitely. I get that. Yeah, for way. sure. Um, yeah, kick, yeah. Kickstarter Kickstarters are a good way to like really get the hype up but um like i do a couple kickstarters for like some app games especially like i really like it but the one thing is that if i do have some things against like it just because i sometimes you get screwed over sometimes it yeah. never happens and i have had yeah. that and it's just like you lose like a 100 bucks you're just like wow they just stopped doing the game and it's just like yeah what do i do like my money's gone now whatever what but you tried to make it go to a good cause but I do know what you mean by the thing for, um, like, a stream team. Like, even – I have to uh, give uh, some information to you when this podcast is over. I'm part of VR and Pancakes, mm -hmm. and they're a stream team, and they have a lot of PC VRs that would probably do the yeah. same thing and help you out with it. Yeah, because we want to make it fun and, you know, getting their initial impression because then they can get hyped mm -hmm. and excited and bring that energy to the table when we're closer to launch. Yeah, and there's a weird uh, look – I think I talked about this on on my last podcast. Is that um, there's a game coming out called uh, Zenith? Have you heard of it? It's uh it's almost gonna be like a Destiny game. It's gonna be an open world uh, type format. Um, uh, you go fight MMO type thing. Um, but the way they're doing it, they're also an alpha stage, and they they got this crazy hype of people because instead of doing the Kickstarter model. They're doing it more like how VR Magazine did their, is doing their model. It's all through Patreon, and they bring these people in as stages within their Discord, and you get certain perks for um, you know five dollars as a supporter, ten dollars as a, a player, and then twenty dollars mm -hmm. you get like a game like the shirt when the game comes out type deal. And they have masses of people that come to these Discords being part of this Patreon that see the vision. And they get it. They know it's already alpha, and they start building right. a community based off of that. And it, you also get kind of reoccurring money that you initially wouldn't get at the very beginning in alpha stage. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what hurts some people is that you know it takes a year to two years to make this game. It takes well, time. Even a dollar saying, "Hey, you're a supporter," a dollar, you get to see yeah. all of these pre builds. You get to be part of this great image that I have, and I want yeah. you to be part of it. And I thought. 
I'm just like, why is that's such a great model? Like whoever did mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, clap to In, them. Yeah. That's awesome. Instead, yeah, because the Kickstarter model can be a little rough at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited because we have we also have like an album's worth of music to provide. So I'd love to have that as like you know, a digital copy of the album to go along That'd with awesome. whatever tier. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah, can think I... of the tiers. You can set, like, they have, like, the album, because I know a lot of people go out of their way sometimes when they like, like, like the Transformer movie. You know, mm-hmm. even though they got bigger names to be on that, but then you can tailor your album to have, you know, that Transformer thing on there, and it's like... Right. Like, like, it's like nice that, to have. Like the yeah. guy who produced the music for you, right? Like, that mm-hmm. just gives him more credibility that it's like, hey, this is his music. You're going to have his information, and it goes out yeah. further. And it's just a great build of community on that. Exactly. And I don't know if you know, um, there's another artist that I follow closely who did a video game indie soundtrack. Um, it was Aesop Rock. Um, uh-huh. from I think he was bigger in the in the early 2000s, mid, mid, maybe 2010 era. Um, but he made a game with freedom finger i mean he made a album with Mm -hmm. freedom finger and it's just fantastic it's this really nice mix of hip-hop and vibes from the game Mm -hmm. and telling a story you know because there's so many lyrics you have so much of an opportunity to set these tones yeah in hip-hop that i think a lot of people are recognizing now as a storytelling platform Mm -hmm. yeah like anything when like a bass drops or something elevates or you speed up anything, you can tell that there's action happening. Like, say you're getting towards mm-hmm. the end of, of your health in the game, and all of a sudden, things start slowing down and making it more lively. Like, hey, like, I gotta get out of this, like, or I'm going Absolutely. to end up losing the match. And I could totally see that. I love when the music, like, almost you're playing the game, and it gives you, like, a goosebump feeling. Like, it makes your hair mm-hmm. stand up because it's, it's real. It elevates things. You know, they don't put, like, weird scratching noises in a horror movie for no reason, you know? It right. gets your blood elevated. It gets you kind of, like, something's about to happen. Yeah. And it's funny because even in the horror games, you get that negative space mm-hmm. where they will, like, turn down ambient sound. So you get this, like, sure. vacuum of, of action. And then they can they can pop something out of that, you know, lull that they've created. And so when things get quiet is when I get worried. <laughs> it's always the quiet thing. It's always someone like yeah. you have like children or people that have children. It's like if if you don't hear them anymore, they're doing something wrong. They're in it. Yeah. It's like you're just yeah. like I haven't heard them. It's been like thirty minutes. Next thing you know, you go in there and like I like I've seen like just to put uh, an image in people's head is like when the baby had baby powder, just like shooting it down his diaper and just putting it everywhere. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Clearly you were not making any noise because yeah. you knew this was wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I could, t- I could totally understand that. I'm really, it's really awesome that he uh, liked the game and he was just like, I'll do this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait. Is it, is it in your discord already? Kind of the music yes. player. I'm going to have to go in there and listen to it. Um, so yeah, if you go to the audio section um, or I can DM it to you, cause mm-hmm. I don't know that the full album is in the discord mm-hmm. yet. Um, but I can send you a copy at least of what we have right now. Awesome. We're still polishing a little bit of, of some of the stuff, but yeah, yeah. You should take a listen to it. I think, I think it's going to, impress you i i think really? that the music so is, is it just bass or is there actually any lyrics in it 
So we have five tracks with lyrics. Mm -hmm. We have a dozen songs. So we have about six instrumentals and uh, five tracks with lyrics. And I think Mask Up is currently our kind of theme-y kind of, you know, our our front runner. So check that one out. Oh, definitely. They might be your front runner, huh? Like uh, it might be like your trailer. Yeah, well, it has an interesting vibe because it's the the concept is you know putting on your mask and that fits to the vr scope that fits a lot to the yeah. pandemic stuff we've been dealing with okay and I, so yeah, yeah I, I think like you, i think yeah. you'll find this the it, uh, to be a really interesting track and what's funny is it's you know my first pass with the music that my producer created i was at first like man this is it's kind of slow i don't know if this is going to play in a fighting <laughs> game and but really, that was kind of our original vision was to capture that sh- that samurai shampoo, like mm-hmm. really lo-fi hip hop yeah, okay. kind of vibes underneath of intense sword fighting violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the way that that offsets, uh, I think uh, Afro Samurai, another great example mm-hmm. of that, that audio tone yeah. of of kind of quiet, like, you know, a Definitely intentional kind of a vibe yeah because uh this game is actually based in the future right yeah it's got a cyberpunk main theme hence saberpunks mm-hmm. um but we wanted to to explore kind of a some of different angles like our, our first level right now is in a rural okay. cyberpunk what you know not an urban cyberpunk what does what is the the farms and the mountains area look like in a cyberpunk world and try yeah. to play around with um some of those themes but you know japan it's it's like it's it's a cyber ninja game so you know we've been we've been theming pretty hard with our first level but we want to be more of an international kind of a world building game so we've got <coughs> an Egyptian character, we have a Russian character, uh, we currently uh, have a Dominican okay. character, so we're really trying to be, you know, have that street fighter all over the world kind of vibes, um, but in the future, right, instead yeah. of, and you so know, those characters that you're, that you're making, right, um, they're already uh, picked their weapon, like, do you get to pick your character and then pick your weapon, or is the character... Um, has his certain weapon yes so when you pick a character that assigns yeah they have an assigned weapon Mm -hmm. a combo list that goes with the weapon shape yeah you're telling me that yeah that's Um, awesome the combos will have tailored rewards Mm -hmm. so the axes being slower and heavy have the strong okay uh reward in the combos uh as you kind of start to learn and see how the combos Mm -hmm. work because each character has a different pattern and then they have they all have a unique ultimate weapon yeah. so Did those they also pull it out? so they... it's a it's a burst of shield okay. and an animation transformation okay, a awesome. very quick one because you're kind of still in yeah. motion yeah i was wondering how that would um, happen yeah yeah it's a quick transition but we we did want to provide a bit more depth to the fighting styles of a single character mm-hmm. so with uh our sabers characters it's two single bladed weapons that join back to back to become like a large double-edged broadsword yeah that would be awesome um kind of the ultimate form uh with the daggers we have two double-edged smaller weapons one is actually held in reverse grip 
right? So the blade is kind of pointed down mm -hmm. and I've got this one pointed up and this one kind of coming down. Then the ultimate is actually like a Darth Maul pole arm okay. with blades on each side. And now you're kind of uh, cutting with an, a blade on each edge and it, it's much faster. Okay, um, that's awesome. So the combos are meant to, to mm -hmm. encourage you to kind of spin things around and hit from the same side several times.